John chapter number 20. I'll just hit a few folks in passing. Won't go through our entire <clears throat> uh, prayer list, but a lot of folks we certainly do want to remember uh, in prayer. Do know several have asked about Dad. Dad did get to, did get to come home yesterday uh, from the hospital, and Mama just sent me a message a while ago and said he's, he had eaten a real good supper. So praise the Lord for that, and I appreciate all the prayers for him. Miss Maddie, I seen her over there a while ago, so she's she's doing better. I guess just a mystery deal there, but anyhow, she's uh, she's back with us. So we appreciate that, and I know a lot of the others that. It had been down. I know uh, Phyllis and Randy just continued to pray uh, for both of them. I know Randy's been down with his back. And I do remember the Barbara Starlin family. Many of y'all know uh, them over in our area. I've uh, been up there the last couple evenings up at the hospice house in Dobson, and she passed away this morning. So just remember uh, that family. been a lot of bereavement, just a lot of death, seemed like, here lately. And, man, there's been flu, there's been COVID, RSV, all kinds of issues. I know Barbara and... Um, and uh, Robert Joyce, both of them still under the weather. Remember Danny Hooser. I know he had another procedure, I believe, yesterday. And uh, so continue to remember him and uh, Sister Linda. I know they'd certainly desire, and uh, we appreciate our prayers tonight. I've got tons of others. Uh, just got different sicknesses, different things. Got some, got some procedures on uh, the horizon. So let's certainly remember all uh, that's on our prayer list. I'd encourage you to pick up the prayer list in the back. There's a bunch back there. Thank God for this place where we can come in publicly. And we can pray, but I'm glad for that private closet as well. And I hope that you'll spend some time praying for those folks. And I do remember Tammy Hutchins, her mom, uh, had some tests last week. I did find out that she does have breast cancer. So I want to remember Cora Tucker. So please do uh, remember her uh, in prayer and all the others as well. Remember our kids in the back. And I do remember our country. Remember our uh, missionaries. Certainly uh, they, they need our, our prayers tonight as well. Remember Israel. Everything's still going on over there. But tonight, John chapter number 20, is where we're going to take our text. <clears throat> the Lord, I, I didn't know if I was going to get to preach this uh, on Sunday or not, but the Lord wouldn't let me. But here we are again. I had I was wrestling with two messages, enter into a new year, and this is another one that the Lord had sort of put on my heart here to John chapter number 20. be a very familiar text and a very familiar passage that we look at tonight. Most of us, when you think about Thomas, when I say the word Thomas in the Bible, somebody's going to automatically think, well, man, Doubting Thomas. I mean, he had that nickname uh, where he did doubt, <clears throat> but I don't think he's a whole lot different than any of us. He was made out of the same stuff we are, and we might, uh, we might doubt in a different way than he did, but sometimes we all do the same, very same thing. But tonight we're going to be looking at this text <clears throat> where he was, he was not there when Jesus showed up, and uh, so I want to be a help and a blessing and encouragement to you tonight. I want to ask you to stand, but in John chapter number 20, and uh, by the way, if you hadn't got there yet, I would say again, thank you to everybody that came out last night and helped get the chairs and then the moving around before service day. Thank you for getting all that took care of. But in John chapter number 20, <clears throat> notice with me in verse number 19. Now this is after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible said, John 20 verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Now that's pretty fitting. A lot of folks say, well, why in the world were they behind closed doors and had the doors shut? Well, the Bible lets us know they were afraid of the Jews. Just keep in mind, their leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, has been crucified. And uh, some of them still didn't get it. They didn't, they didn't comprehend uh, with him rising again. And here they are, they're behind and um, they're behind these closed doors. And Jesus comes in and he says, peace be unto you. I could preach a message on that thought. 
Because of Jesus' death, burial, and the resurrection, there is peace. And where there was enmity between God and man, Jesus built that bridge, if you will, with a rugged cross in order for man to have peace with God, where once was enmity. You think about people that are lost and are unsaved tonight in the world, there's enmity between them and God. There's no fellowship, but Jesus has provided a way for us to have access into the very holiness of God. But look at verse number 20, after Jesus addresses them and says, Peace be unto you. Verse 20, When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now, it's sort of worth noting there, too, they weren't glad until they saw with their physical eyes. A lot of times we get on Thomas because he didn't believe until he saw, but they weren't glad until they saw. If you with me, say amen. And that's basically what the Scripture says. Look at verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now keep in mind, <clears throat> Genesis 2 and verse number 7, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's how physical life begins. Well, here, this is about 40 or 50 days prior to Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2, where the permanent abiding presence of the Holy Spirit came. When Jesus breathed on them, he wasn't breathing physical life into them. He was breathing that spiritual life, which was symbolic of what was going to take place on the day of Pentecost when the apostle Peter mounted the pulpit and preached the word of God and thousands were saved and the permanent abiding presence of the Holy Spirit fell on believers for the first time. Because in the Old Testament, you'll see the Spirit of God would come and then it would go. I'm glad you and I don't have to worry about that today. The moment that you and I receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, we have the third part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us. Can I get a witness right there? You say, well, I don't know if I got the Spirit of Christ or not. Well, listen, the Bible said in the book of Romans, any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. When you get saved, you get the Holy Ghost living inside of you. And this was basically a precursor to what would take place in Acts chapter number 2. Now look at verse number 23. This is a mouthful as well. But notice what Jesus says unto his disciples. Now this is after they received the Holy Ghost. He breathes on them. Whosoever sins ye remit, they're remitted unto them. Whosoever sins ye retain, they're retained. So he talks about remitting and he talks about retaining. Well, what does remit mean and what does retain mean? Remit simply means to forsake, to lay aside, or to put away. To retain means to keep, to hold on to by strength. Now, you and I, we carry the gospel message to a lost and dying world. We are given the authority to, to proclaim to people what heaven's terms are. If you want to be saved, you want your sins forgiven, you've got to trust Christ. If you reject that forgiveness that's only found in Jesus' well, your sin remains on you. That's the remitting and that's the retaining. God gives us the authority. If you remember in Matthew chapter number 16, now, it doesn't give us a right to judge. It just let, we're, we're the spokesman. We're the mouthpiece of God. We can say, hey, you want to go to heaven? You want your sins forgiven? Trust Christ. If you reject Christ, well, the sin is going to be on you. Hell will be your home one day. It will eventually be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. God gives us the authority on the Word of God. Matthew 16, Jesus told Peter, he, he said, I have given to thee the keys 
of the kingdom. He talks about loosing and binding. It's the same principle that is laid out here. Jesus gave his disciples authority to say what heaven's terms were. Again, our sins, thank God, are forgiven through the Lord Jesus Christ. If folks don't trust Christ, well, the sin and that wrath abides on the individual, and God gives us authority. But look at verse 24. But Thomas, that word but, that conjunction, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, and Didymus simply means twin, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. Many of y'all remember that from our, from our Easter drama, our, our disciples, and boy, they got it down to a pat there. All you disciples, y'all could, well, I think Dad was the one that gave the signal. We have seen the Lord. Well, what was Thomas's response? He said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, if we go back up and we read again verse 20, And when he, that was Jesus, had so said, He showed unto them his hands in his side, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. The other disciples, I think they probably had the same issue. But they saw and they believed they were glad. Well, here's Thomas. Thomas missed that first Sunday night service. And when he did, he, he missed a lot. But notice verse number 26. And after eight days, again his disciples were within. And Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. That's the third time in the passage that I've read already that he's made that statement. It must be very important. Peace be unto you, and he's the very one that had created peace between him and God, and them, and God. Look at verse 27. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it in my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. You know, Thomas got it right. With that confession and with that profession, he said, My Lord and my God. But notice what Jesus said. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Now let's pray. Father, as about God in your presence, Lord, again on this Wednesday evening, sure do love you. Thank you, Lord, we are on the winning team and on the winning side through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the songs we've heard sung by our choir. And Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, it's holy, undefiled, without error. I thank you for it. You can speak to our heart. And I pray that you draw our attention. Lord, of this passage tonight, help this feeble preacher to empty myself of the message you placed upon our heart. Help me in this department. Lord, that we'll look at tonight. Thank you for the passage about Thomas. Lord, lead God in directions for his one list tonight, never been saved. I pray that tonight be the night of salvation. I pray for the child of God just needs a touch. As we enter into this new year, we'll be careful to give you thanks and praise for all you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people see you. Amen. Well, here we're sitting on the third day of January. There's a lot of folks that put a lot of stock in New Year's resolutions. I really don't. It's a good time, I guess, to reset, if you will. And I just believe, hey, if God deals with your heart, it doesn't matter if it's September, July, June. Here we are, January the 3rd. That's the day. Today's the day to make a decision for the Lord. You don't have to have uh, a certain start. But here we are on the third day. Maybe you say, hey, I'm going to read my Bible this year. And if you've already let that down and three days in, you got time to pick it up and read that Bible through. And I'm telling you, it'll help you uh, as you go into this coming year. But I got thinking about that. I was talking about longing uh, for more in 24 the other night. But I want you to notice verse 24 of our passage right here. And I notice what it said. The Bible said, But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. 
Now, Jesus entered in on the scene, but Thomas missed it. He missed something. Here he missed something in verse 24. There's some things I don't want to miss in 2024. There's some things I don't want you to miss in 2024 as well. You know, I think about this passage, and I've preached this before along these lines. When you think about Thomas, of course, eight, day late, eight days later, he did miss it. But I'm glad God gave him another opportunity. God is, he's so gracious, he's so merciful to me. How many times I've stumbled and I've messed up, and God continues to continue uh, to give me opportunity after opportunity. I'm glad he's got a second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Again, that does not give us a license to sin, knowing that God's going to give us another opportunity. But God's mercies are new every morning. We ought to say amen right there. But when you look at this, and you look at this passage, of course, eight days later is when the Lord Jesus showed up, and of course, Thomas was there, and we see the account where he said, My Lord and my God, he said, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That was a picture of me. That's a picture of you. I've never seen those nail print hands with these physical eyes. I've never seen that side that, that was riveted and was where the spear went in with these physical eyes. I've never seen the, the wounds on his head where those, those spikes uh, from the thorns went into his head where he was beaten. I've never seen that with my physical eye, all but with the eye of faith. I'm telling you, I've seen a place called Calvary. I've seen what the Lord Jesus Christ done for me. And by faith, I receive that. And that's why I'm going to heaven one day. Not because of my goodness, not because I'm a preacher, none of that. Uh, all of my righteousness is filthy rags, the same as yours, according to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 64. But through that personal relationship with Jesus, I'm going to heaven. And Thomas got it. On the eighth day, and I think about numerology when we went through that. If you'll remember, I'll just sort of hit this in, in passion to just fill in a space right here for just a second. But when we looked at number one, that, that one is the absolute singleness. As we look at that, there's one Lord. We looked at the book of Romans. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one hope. And all that centers around the Lord Jesus Christ. You could look at two uh, in numerology, we understand two, meaning the number of witness and support. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he didn't send them out four by four. He sent them out two by two. And that has to do with witness and support. We think about three. It has to do with unity and accomplishment. What is three? Well, there's Jesus was in the great three days. Jonah was in the belly of the whale. How many days? Three. That's unity. That's accomplishment. We believe in the, the Holy Trinity. Who's that? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You go into the book of Revelation, you think about prophecy, the study of future things, eschatology. You look at, there's, all, there's a Holy Trinity with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, but there's also a hellish Trinity we're introduced to in the book of Revelation. Who's that preacher? Well, the first beast uh, being the Antichrist, then the false prophet, then that great dragon, which is a picture of Satan, that represents that hellish trinity. And they're united in purpose, the same as the holy trinity is united in purpose. And though that number three has to do with unity and accomplishment. You think about four. Four has to do with the earth. How many seasons are there? The Bible tells us. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. How many winds are there? Well, there's four cardinal points. North, east, west, and south. How many types of soil were they? There was four. Go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 6, talking about the, the tribulation period. There were four horses. There's a white horse. There's a red horse. There's a black horse. And then there was a pale horse. I always think about that pale. That pale is that yellowish green. We get our English word Clorox 
from the, from the Greek word chloros, C-O-C-L-O-R-O-S, is that yellow, greenish color. But those four horses have to do with the earth. We get to the number five. What is that? Well, that has to do with grace. You go to John chapter number five, there by the pool of Bethesda. They wouldn't throw all those impotent folk and sick people were laying around that brother Adrian. They wouldn't three porches there. They wouldn't two porches there. They wouldn't four porches there. They wouldn't six. There was five. Five is the number of grace. Man, where would we be without the grace of God? God gives us what we don't deserve. That's what grace is. Then you get to six. What is the number six? Well, six is the number of man. I always like this analogy. Seven is the number of God, absolute completeness. Man is the number six. Man is always coming up one short. But thank God for Jesus that breeds that gap because we were alienated. We were enemies to, the, to God, but Jesus made a way. But six is the number of man. Remember the number of the Antichrist. It wasn't five, five, five. It wasn't four, four, four. It was six. Six, six. Why? The Bible tells us because his number is the number of a man. Who is that? That's the Antichrist. You study the book of Revelation. Then you get to the number eight, where we are tonight, which I'm not really preaching on numerology, but eight is the number of new beginnings. Well, who got a new beginning? I tell you, Thomas did. The Bible said in verse number 26, and after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with him. He missed out. In verse number 24, but another opportunity came, and on that eighth day, man, that was a time, a new beginning, when he, he had seen Jesus in a different light, in a different way. And I think about Thomas. Thomas had a lot of things. Remember now, Jesus had called him, and he's also called Didymus, which means a twin. But when you think about Thomas, Thomas evidently had done some resisting. Here was a man that had been with the Lord Jesus for three and a half years during Jesus' public ministry. He was there when Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was there when that man in Mark chapter number 2 was let down through the tile. And Jesus simply told him to take up his bed and to walk. Now the one thing that man couldn't do, Thomas and the rest of the disciples and all the other people seen the miraculous working power of the Lord Jesus. He was there at the pool of Bethesda uh, when, when those five porches, that impotent man was there and Jesus uh, healed him. All those things, he touched the blind man, blind Bartimaeus. Thomas would have witnessed all that, the feeding of the 5,000. Thomas had a part in that as he was distributing what that little boy had. He kept coming back to the Lord Jesus Christ with basket going out and feeding those 5,000 men beside women and children. Not a, fair, a far stretch to say there's probably fourteen to 19,000 people on that day. And they all just didn't get a little. The Bible said they all got field and they was fragments that remain. He had seen the mighty hand of God at work. Yet evidently he had resisted up to this point because the disciples said, hey, we have seen the Lord. What Thomas said, unless I see it with my own eyes, unless I can thrust my hand to his side, touch those prints in his hands, I'll not believe. So evidently he had resisted and he rejected just like many reject today, a lot of folks say, well, you know, if I can just see it, then I'll believe. Listen, the Bible said we walk by faith, not by sight. You walk by sight, that's not faith. It's not a, it's not a, a faith, a, a foolish faith. Man, it's a belief 
on the Word of God, what God has done for us again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I don't have to see it because God's already sealed that in my heart because you see it takes the Holy Spirit of God to impart truth to individuals. We can do our best to try to articulate the Word of God. But listen, it's a spiritual book. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it takes the Holy Spirit to impart that truth to an individual. When I was 13 years old, you've heard my testimony. Now you say, when I preach her, why wouldn't you save till you're 13? I grew up in church. I was instilled the Bible. They taught us to study the Scripture. I'd memorized a lot. They taught me how to do that. And I had it inside of me, but it had never been applied by faith. But at 13 years old, I don't know what was different. It was just my time. That leather lung Baptist preacher hopped up and preached. I can't tell you exactly what he preached, but for the first time in my life, the Holy Spirit imparted that truth. I could tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave. I understood that concept. I understood academically and intelligently that Jesus died, but he had never been applied by faith till that day. But boy, God singled me out. I didn't even know what conviction was, Brother Kevin, but thank God for it. I know what it is today because I experienced that when the Holy Ghost imparted that truth and I received it by faith, instantaneously I was saved. And I was born again on my way to heaven. Now you think about this. He has rejected that. He said, man, if I, if I could just see it, I'll believe And There's many that reject it. You know, and their, their eyes are not blinded. My eyes wouldn't blind and went 13 years old. But my mind was. For the Bible tells us this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Thomas evidently resisted salvation, even when he was walking alongside uh, with the Lord Jesus. Now here, he's rejected. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I can see it. Well, the Lord Jesus showed up eight days later, and he did have a new beginning, because that's what number eight literally means, and he received. We can say he resisted. We can say that he rejected. But we can also say he received, because he hit the nail on the head when he made that statement in verse number 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Do you know what made the difference? Now listen, Thomas didn't get changed, and Thomas's life didn't get turned upside down because Peter showed up. Thomas didn't get turned around because John showed up. He didn't get turned around because James showed up. He got turned around because Jesus showed up. He's the one that made the difference. But verse 24, he missed those days in between till he come on the eighth day. About a week, Thomas missed out on the blessings of God because he wouldn't wear he should have been. Now, the Bible does not tell us where he was. We could speculate a lot of things. The Bible just simply said in verse 24, Now, Jesus, you read prior to, Jesus has appeared to the ten disciples, because Judas, he ain't there, and there's only ten of them there. Look at verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So he's missed out in verse number 24. Did you know if we're not careful, we'll miss out in 2024, and we'll miss out. And, and listen, we, you could have the greatest evangelists come this year. You could have the greatest singers to come here to Faith Community Baptist Church, and you can still miss it. 
You can still miss it. I'd even say this. You can even come to church and miss it. <laughs> you sure can. Now, listen, there's some things that are avoidable, and there's some things that are unavoidable. For instance, tonight, I know Brother Danny Hoosier, and I know Dad, they, I don't know two more that love church more than those two do. And it hurts them not to be at church. But there's some things that are unavoidable. If we live long enough, you're going to have some issues that's going to pull you down. You're going to have some physical problems. You're going to have something that's going to keep you from God's house. And you're going to miss out. Listen, thank God for live stream, Facebook, and all that. But you know good and well as I do, it does, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. I mean, we experienced that through the years of COVID. I know y'all back sitting in seats. We ain't in the gym yet. Maybe one week of that here coming up real, real soon. Uh, but thank God that we've got a place where we can come in and worship the Lord. But there's some things that are unavoidable. And it's going to happen to you. You have no control of. But then there are some times when things are avoidable. Now, we don't know why Thomas wasn't there on that particular day. When Jesus showed up again. The main theme of John 20 ain't Peter, it ain't John, it ain't really Thomas. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he's the main center today, and it should be the center of everything we do, but there's sometimes things are unavoidable. Sometimes things are avoidable. But I got to thinking about some things. I wonder why we could speculate, I guess, on some things that would keep him from, from missing out and missing in 24. I don't want to miss out in 24. But again, you can even be at God's house, and you can still miss out. I've often thought about putting a sign when you come in the door, I don't know who would heed it, and have a little symbolic trash can right there to empty your mind out when you come in. Because did you know that your mind can be so full of stuff that you're going to miss everything. It seems like, man, somebody's getting blessed over here. Man, the song's blessed the fire out of them. Maybe the preaching, man, somebody's getting blessed. I ain't getting nothing. And you can miss out. And probably we've all been there at some point or the other. Some of you might have walked in here tonight. And all you can think about is that hard white seat that you're sitting in. I, I don't know. I'm just using that example. I mean, you could, there, there's multiple things that could happen. I don't know what you carried around this week. don't know what you carried on today. I don't know what, what you had to deal with at work. I don't know what you had to deal with at home. And if you're not careful, your mind will be so far over here in left or right field that you'll miss Jesus. Even in a service. Seem like everybody else, somebody's getting blessed. And I ain't getting nothing. Some of that all we got to do is look in the mirror, man. Amen. Some things are avoidable. Some things are unavoidable. But I got to think about this. What would cause us to miss the Lord Jesus in 2024? What about relaxation? Say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about relaxation. And listen, hey, everybody needs vacation. They do. People, I, I think it's good Jesus told his disciples to come apart. You better come apart before you come apart. Amen. There's a lot of folks have mastered the thing of relaxation. Can I get a witness right there? There can be too much of that, by the way. Relax. He, why did Thomas not show up? Maybe, maybe he was just kicked back. Maybe he's down there on the Galilean seashore, and he thought, man, I don't know if he was fishing. A lot of them boys were. I don't know if he said, man, today would be a good day to go fishing. I'm just going to kick back, and I'm going to relax. And guess what? He missed it. He didn't miss Peter. He didn't miss James. He didn't miss John. He missed Jesus. Hey, man. What are we going to miss in 2024 due to relaxation? What are we going to miss in 2024 due to recreation? They sort of go together, I guess. Y'all know my time comes about November, last October, 1st November. 
I'll be we, Lord willing and Lord permitting, I'll be here day, week in and week out up to that point. But man, right now there's going to be some recreation on the horizon. But think about it. I mean, we're going to miss the Lord Jesus Christ due to relaxation, maybe recreation. I don't know why Thomas missed the Lord, but something obviously kept him from being there with the other disciples. It could be relaxation. It could be recreation. It could be reputation. You know, there's a lot of folks that will miss Jesus because maybe wanting to be with their friends. And maybe not necessarily this, this crowd that we have in here tonight with our age group. <clears throat> but you think a lot of our kids in the back, there's a lot of pull. There's a lot of struggle, uh, uh, tug, tug of war, if you will, to pull them away. And there's a lot of folks that will miss Jesus because of reputation. It could have been Thomas. Hey, the, the, the disciples... Didn't they had the door shut? Why did it say? Because of fear. Read verse nineteen again. Because of fear, they had seen their leader crucified, and they were afraid. It could have possibly been that. Maybe his reputation was on the line. But I'm just saying, I don't want to miss the Lord in 2024. I don't want you to miss the Lord in 2024. But you think about relaxation. You think about recreation. You think about reputation. But think about revenue. Revenue. What are you talking about, preacher? Work. And listen, we all got to work. We get that. We understand. The Bible lets us know it's a good thing to work. Matter of fact, Paul said, if a man under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, if a man don't work, he ought not eat. Now, that's what he said. And it's good to work. But sometimes work can pull you away. And I understand there's times where that happens. But will you miss because of work? Will I miss because of work? It's something to consider. Maybe that's what happened with Thomas. I don't know. But I just know Jesus showed up and Thomas missed out. And there for seven or eight days until that eighth day came, he missed out on what he could have experienced a week earlier because he wasn't in his place. There's some things that are going to pull us again. Some things unavoidable. Some things are avoidable. Think about relaxation, recreation, reputation, revenue. But what about religion? What about religion? He said, what do you mean religion, preacher? You mean I can miss Jesus having religion? Yeah. That crowd that said, I, I got enough. <laughs> I don't need any more. I don't really need to read my Bible. You know what? You can, God will show up with you at your house. You get to reading in that book. God will show up with you on the road, man. You listen to certain music and you maybe even preaching CDs or something. God will show up with you right there too. Amen. But you know what? I need it. I hope you've got a hunger. I hope you've got a desire. What did Jesus say? If we hunger and we thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. I want to be filled with that in 2024. I understand and I know, man, that I'm a work in progress. I hope all of you don't feel like you have arrived because we're all a work in progress. But I hope we never get to that point. So, hey, I got all I need. There's a lot of folks that will miss the Lord Jesus Christ with that attitude. Some things are avoidable, some things are unavoidable. I don't know why uh, we could speculate a lot of different areas why Thomas was not there when Jesus showed up. All I can tell you is he wasn't in his place. He missed out. But God with a say, I'm glad God didn't throw him away. God gave him another opportunity and he finally did and eventually showed up eight days later and it changed his life. I'm telling you, Jesus is the one That'll change our life. Even after we're saved, man, I still need a fresh touch from him. Sister Savannah's coming. 2024, there's some things that I don't want to miss. Old Thomas, he missed out in 24. I don't want to miss out in 24. I don't know why 
he was gone. Might have been relaxation. Might have been recreation. Might have been his reputation. Might have been his revenue. Might have been working. I have no idea. Might have been religion. Might have thought, man, I don't need none. I've got all that I need. Well, God help us to grow. You know, one of one of our one of the commands that God gives to us as New Testament believers is found Second Peter chapter three and verse number eighteen. But to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. I don't want to miss out what God has for us in 2024. I think you'll be excited. I hope you'll be excited. Later on, you're going to see we got a ton going on. Hey, can't nobody say, well, man, I ain't got nothing to do because we're going to keep you so busy or have the opportunity. You're going to have so many opportunities coming up this year, even more so than we've had this past year. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. There's a place, and man, I want to be here when the doors are open, if at all possible. There's unavoidable times, but there's avoidable times. But, man, I don't want to miss out with Jesus. Thomas did. Let's don't be like Thomas was in verse 24 as we stand all over the house. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16 and verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Romans 10 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sins. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.